Oh, that's awesome. Good job, band. Oh, so good. So good. I love that song. Welcome, everybody, once again. We're so glad that you're here. Happy Resurrection Day. So glad that you chose to celebrate with us. My name is Alan, and uh, welcome. Welcome once again. Uh, for those of you who have been with us this year, our theme for this year has been something new. It's time for something new, and we see that woven throughout Scripture. And partially the reason we uh, chose that theme is that our church is, is experiencing many new and exciting things here in 2017, not the, not the least of which is uh, uh, the building, as Ray talked about. This week, they've actually planted some trees uh, on, the, on the side, and so it's, it's bushes and trees, and so this thing is starting to really come alive and not just be dead dirt, and so uh, it's, uh, it's fun to walk that all out. Um, Easter is, is, uh, is a good flow with this whole new concept, that Easter is a celebration of new things, of new life, new hope, new birth, and today what we're talking about is a new day, that the story of Jesus invites us into a new day. This day is April 16th, 2017, and as we continue to talk about day and dates and all that kind of stuff, I thought we'd start with a little trivia, see what you know about some historical dates. Check this out. All right, how'd you do? How'd you do? There's a little murmuring going on there and poking, and you're smarter than the person next to you. A little bit of that stuff happening there. Life is stamped by dates. That whenever anything happens, it is stamped. It becomes a part of our journey. It gets connected to a particular date. Uh, and so, and this is very important in terms of our, of our journey, that things get stamped by date. So, for, for example, if I just threw out a year, if, uh, if you were old enough to have been alive uh, during this year, then I, I just want to ask if there's, if there's something that comes to your mind. So, I'm going to throw out the year 1987. Okay, so for those of you who are old enough, what, what, what jumps to your mind, good or bad moment, whether it was a, it was a wedding or it was, it was a, a graduation or some major transition for you or the birth of a child or your own birth and, oh, you remember coming out or whatever, when that thing might have been, you just, you just kind of whatever might be stamped with that date. For me, 1987, that's the year I learned how to drive. And so it was in 1987 
that I accidentally backed the car up into the garage door. And so that, that, that year will always be stamped by that moment, by that experience. So let me jump to another year, 2000. When I say 2000, what do you think of? What happened that year? What part of your life, good or bad, was stamped with that year? For me, that was, that was the year my dad forgave me for crashing the car into the garage. It took <laughs> it's a little span of time there. So what about 2013? What? I mean, that was just so recent. What, what first jumps into your mind? Life is stamped by dates. It's very important for us to have some kind of calendar system that humanity needs to have a sense of where we've come from and where we're going. It's, it's, it's very important in our journey to have these things connected. Today is April 16th, 2017. Why? Why? Why do we call it 2017? Well, 2017 years ago, God came down to earth in the form of a person named Jesus and Jesus had the whole story and, and, and died on a cross and rose again on Easter, which is what we're celebrating here this morning. He, the, the, it was on that morning, on the Easter morning, that a group of women went to the tomb and the, 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 the rock in front of the tomb was rolled away and they were ready to grieve the loss of their friend Jesus, their rabbi Jesus, and an angel says, he's not here, he's risen from the dead. Our our whole calendar is stamped by the experience of Jesus, by the story of Jesus. Jesus made a new day. He made a new calendar. He made all things new. That's what we're talking about here this morning. Would you bow your heads with me real quick as we pray into this? God, I thank you for this place. I thank you for all who have gathered here. God, that you have assembled us here in this room for a purpose. We believe that you are here. And so, God, we just want to hear from you. We want to be open to who you are and what you want to invite us into. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think the whole calendar concept is, is fascinating. There are multiple different calendar systems throughout the world, different uh, ways that people date uh, things and what they connect that to. For example, there's an Islamic calendar that is not based on the story of Jesus, but of course is based on the story of Muhammad. And so for Muslims right now, this is the year 1438, which means for Muslims, they have another 562 years to prepare for Y2K. So they're going to they're gonna knock that out. They're going to kill that. Uh, uh, so that's just different. There are multiple different cal calendars throughout the world. Many, many. There are about 30 kind of uh, widely used calendars throughout the world. But there is one calendar that is universally embraced. Uh, universally. That is that is uh, internationally embraced. Because I don't know about Martians. Martians kind of have their own, you know, system. But for all humans, there is one calendar that is, that is embraced throughout the world, and it is the Gregorian calendar. It was established by Pope Gregory, and according to the Gregorian calendar, today is April 16th, 2017. And so this is a date that we all embrace. Now, now there... There are plenty in uh, the academic world and in, um, and in secular world who want to take Jesus out of our calendar situation. And so, so the dates prior to zero, the, the negative numbers, they're referred to as B.C., before Christ. And in the academic world, sometimes that's referred to as B.C.E. I don't know if you've seen this, which means before the common era. 
It's an era. And then uh, A.D. is not referred to as A.D. or Anno Domini, which means the year of our Lord. It is referred to as C.E. or the Common Era, which is interesting to me because you can call it whatever you want, but it's still the same number, 2017. Something happened 2017 years ago. I remember not too long ago, I was at a parent-teacher conference um, uh, for one of my kids at a, at, a pu- at a public school here locally, and and uh, I was getting a, a little distracted during the encounter, and I looked up, and there was a mural, mural, mural. I, th- I always struggle with that. There was a muriel. There was a, <laughs> there was a, a picture uh, up on the wall, uh, and it, it was in a social studies class, and it represented all of humanity. It was a timeline for all of humanity, and it had major... Uh, moments of, of, of the human story up there. So the ancient Egyptians and, and the ancient Greeks and the Roman Empire and the Vikings and how all of this was assembled. And the, the dates descended down to a zero point and then ascended from zero point, uh, first century, second century, etc. All across this whole wall, the mural was up there. And, and there was no mention of Jesus. I just think it's so fascinating. All these dates they culminate, they come, they, they have a center point, and, and there's no mention of what that center point is or why the calendar, as we look at the human story, why that has even happened. Because, because it's just sort of a, a desire or a hope to pull Jesus out of it. But like it or not, we call this 2017 because of a man named Jesus. We internationally call this 2017 because of a man named Jesus. So I think it's there's enough stuff there to say why. Why? Why? I mean, that's, it's a religion, certainly, but uh, it's, it's a faith you know, system. But why does the story of Jesus get to be the center point of human history? What, what is the significance of this? Uh, and here it is, Easter morning, and churches all across the world are talking about the resurrection of, of Jesus, talking about this this central story, not only in the story of Jesus, but in the story of humanity. And so we're, we're, many of us, pastors or people are gathering in churches and talking about what is the significance of the resurrection of Jesus, and there are lots of different ways to handle that, talking about it being the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, or talking about being that it, it shows the true power of God, or it shows the resurrection of Jesus, shows that Jesus was who he said he was. Those are all great answers and different ways to look at Easter, etc. I just went on the internet and I just said, I just said, what, what would the internet say to me in terms of what is the significance of Jesus? And obviously lots of things, uh, so what's the significance of the resurrection of Jesus? Lots of things popped up. And on a website called Truth of the Bible or something like this, here's what it said. It's a brief description of the resurrection of Jesus. Describe it this way. God the Father raised Christ from the dead in fulfillment of the scriptures and of Christ's own promises, declaring Christ to be his son and his acceptance of Christ's redemptive work, guaranteeing the justification, spiritual life, and final resurrection of all believers. All of those words are true. All of those words are true. I mean, it's just every single word, but what? What? I mean, just, Jesus didn't talk like that. You and I don't talk like that. Welcome. Welcome. Nice to see you. I want to talk about the spiritual life and final resurrection. I mean, that's just, that's just not. What, what, is, what is the meaning of the resurrection of Jesus in regular human language? What, what, what is this all about? What does this mean? Here's another important question. 
if, if Jesus is all that, if Jesus is, is the salvation of the world, then, then why did humanity have to wait so long for Jesus? Why were there thousands of years where humanity had to stumble through life without Jesus? If Jesus really is the salvation, why didn't God just create and set everything up and, and have Jesus be at the beginning of that journey as well so that the redemptive plan for humanity started at the very beginning? Why did Jesus not enter in until this moment that our calendar says is around the zero time? So here's, here's an explanation that even I can understand. So perhaps it'll be helpful for us here on Easter today. The Old Testament, the story before Jesus, identifies the problem. The New Testament, the story of Jesus and following, it offers a solution. The Old Testament identifies the problem. The New Testament, A.D., offers a solution. The reason I think this is important is that we need to know what the problem is before we answer it. And I think that's why the story is laid out that way, is that God understands we need to know what the problem is before we address the problem, before we answer the problem. This should make sense to many of us. How many of you have been bogged down by life, by some part of life, because you're, you're trying to solve the wrong problem? And so you're just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning, unaware that you're missing what the whole problem is. Let me give you an example. Right now, there are thousands of individuals and companies that are making great efforts to make your life easier and make your life better through app, app development and uh, inventions, etc. And small companies, large companies, individuals, etc., working tirelessly to make your life better. The reason I know that is that most of their mission statements say that. Most of their mission statements, we are here to make life better, to make life easier. Let me give you an example. Have you heard of this technological breakthrough called the vessel? Spelled V-E-S-S-Y-L. You can look into this. This is an electronic cup. You plug it in and, it's, and it has a, an indicator on the side of the cup so that whatever liquid you pour into the cup it will somehow tell you what that liquid is. It'll tell you what that liquid is, and based on that information, this is the easy part, then it'll say how many calories are in that liquid. So if you just use this cup, it could measure exactly what you're drinking and how much you're drinking, how much water you're intaking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This vessel is a magical cup. And so for only $200... You can buy a cup that would hold a can of Coke, tell you that it's Coke, and tell you that you're drinking 140 calories. Interestingly enough, which is exactly what the original can of Coke can do. <laughs> Precisely. Uh, it'll hold a Coke, tell you that it's Coke, and tell you that it's 140 calories. So it just it begs the question, what problem are we trying to solve here? I mean, if the mission statement for the designers is, we want to make life better, we want to make life easier, then why are almost all of these companies targeting rich people? Pause. I mean, it's just, it's just interesting. What problem are we trying to solve? Because I think for most of us here in this room, the problem is, is not that we need life to be easier. 
for most of us, we need life to be meaningful. We don't need a cup to make life easier. We want a life that is meaningful. We want to look at what has happened, what is going on, and what our future is, and say, I want to matter here in my journey. That that is the problem. That is the thing that needs to be addressed. You got to know what the problem is before you move on to the solution. Maybe you've experienced that at work. Maybe you've spent incredible amounts of money or time trying to solve a problem only to discover that you, you haven't identified the right problem. And this happens in marriage, in the, in the beauty of that relationship, that you can be working so hard on that one thing that is the issue in your marriage. And, and ladies, you're thinking, oh, if I could just fix that one thing about him. And right now, there's a little thought bubble above you, and you're going, oh, yes. If I could, that, oh, that one thing, life would be better for all of us. And men, you might be thinking, okay, the reason I escape, the reason I do whatever I'm doing to escape is because of that one thing about our marriage or our family or our relationship that drives me crazy. It's that one thing. And how often do we then stumble into the reality that the one thing we've been chasing or trying to figure out isn't the problem at all, that it's something completely different? It is so important. As we navigate life, we've got to figure out what the problem is before we solve it. And I think God understood this in the telling of the overall story. Because the story before Jesus, the BC story, the Old Testament story, makes it very clear as you read that and walk that out, and some love the Old Testament and some some struggle through the Old Testament, but it makes it very clear that the problem of humanity is sin, that the problem is our, is our brokenness and our imperfection, that we were born with freedom to choose. We were, we were born with free will. God gave us the free will, and this is very important because love can't be real if someone's forced into it. Love can't be real unless the person has the freedom to walk away at any time. Otherwise, it's something else. Love requires freedom. God loved us so much that he gave us the ability to walk away. So free will had to be there. And free will sometimes, because we're made in the image of God, free will sometimes leads us to say and do beautiful things. And that's great. We get to celebrate that. But eventually, free will always leads to pride and arrogance comparison and destruction and rebellion and brokenness, always, always pride leads to, uh, 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 free will leads to that. I was looking at this box that, uh, that my wife purchased for our, our kids here. It was actually an Easter gift for them. Uh, she bought a, a game called the Bounce Off Game. And it has on the back here a, kind of an invitation. I haven't changed any of it. It's exactly what it looks here on the screen. It says how to play. Check it out on the left there. How to play, number one, trash talk your opponent. And it has a dad with a little hand gesture and cussing at his son. 
who's got his hat on backwards. I mean, this is, this, is, this is how you play the game. And then number two is you throw balls into the thing or whatever. And then number three is celebrate your, your, your victory with a dad who's dejected. And uh, this dad has a problem. This dad has a serious problem. He's cussing at his son, and he, his life is ruined because of the game. And it says at the top, I don't know if you can read that in the top there, it says, winning this game really does make you the better person. So not only does the dad have a problem, the designer of this game and the box has a problem. This is just a little sin box is what this is. This is a little gift for our children. Um, and it's just a little picture. It's a snapshot of, of the problem that, that, that throughout the Old Testament journey, it's just it didn't matter what kind of miracle God provided and said, wow, I'm going to amaze the people by doing this and and big fish and, and parting seas and all this. Didn't matter what kind of miracle God offered. Didn't matter that God actually spoke directly to people at times and, and provided so much, provided a new land and provided a new king and, and made a, uh, in, in the promised land that they were so prosperous as this nation of Israel. Didn't matter all of those things that God offered clarity in terms of here's what I want you to do and what I hope from you and all that. In the midst of this free will, in the midst of this whole journey, it led to sin. The problem is sin. The problem throughout the whole experience, throughout the whole journey is sin. Your problem is not that you're unlucky. It's not, it's not that you're unlucky and everyone else seems to have opportunities that you don't have and they were born in that family and you were born in your own family and they got that phone call that you did not get or they got a certain brain that you wish you had that you didn't get. That's not your problem. Your problem is not that you have... Uh, uh, that there's a brain chemistry uh, thing happening for you. And th th that's not your problem. That might be part of your reality, and that might be part of your story, but that's not ultimately your problem. And your problem is not that you're surrounded by idiots all the time. That's one we like to land on, right? And that, but that's not ultimately the human problem. The problem is sin. And God fully understood this with the releasing of free will, God fully understood this and wanted it to be crystal clear through the Old Testament journey. The problem is sin, and the solution is Jesus. The solution, as we walk out the New Testament journey, the solution is Jesus. John the Baptist, when he introduces Jesus, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world who says, who takes away the problem that all of human existence has identified over the first part of the story. That Jesus, who was this, this perfect, blameless, spotless one, died on a cross, taking on all the sin, all the problem of everyone who has ever existed or existed or would ever exist, Jesus taking on all of that sin, dying, rising from the dead, and therefore... Showing victory over that problem. Victory over that sin. Jesus uh, 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 accomplishing that. Saying, saying, I've taken care of this sin piece. In the New Testament, uh, the, the writers try to capture this and help us understand this a little bit. Paul wrote most of our New Testament. He wrote letters to churches. And a few of his letters, he had some of these things to say. He said in Galatians, but when the set time had fully come. In other words, this wasn't an accident. This wasn't a plan B for God. 
that there was this, there was this, we have to make sure the problem is clear. And now the set time God identified, that was the moment that he chose to, to send Jesus. God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, which is the, the Old Testament um, uh, uh, problem uh, part, to redeem those under the law. He says elsewhere, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. In other words, if this historical event of Jesus rising from the dead, if that's not true, if that was manufactured, if that was faked in some way, then you are still stuck in the problem. Then there is no solution. You're still stuck in the Old Testament. You're still spinning your wheels. And he says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners stuck in this part, Christ died for us. The Old Testament identifies the problem. The New Testament offers the solution to the whole story of humanity. And so where do you fall on that? Where, where are you? As you sit here in this seat, here in this place, on this beautiful Easter morning, are you aware of the real problem? Are you aware of your problem? Are you aware of humanity's problem? Despite your great efforts and your great intentions, do you, do you sense this, this incompleteness in you because of the problem that's sometimes referred to as a hole in your heart, that something is missing? Do you ever have that thought of, of there's got to be more to life than this? I might not understand this whole Jesus thing or religion thing or Christian thing, but there's got to be more than me just stumbling through life and then wrapping things up at the end. Are you aware of what, of what the problem that all of us face is? And then secondly, as you sit here in this room on Easter morning, are you aware of the solution? That Jesus is the solution? Easter is so much more than just a great time to go to church, than just kind of the accepted time to go to church. It's not just great because you wore a pretty dress today and you have a nice shirt. I have a nice shirt. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not just about eating delicious chocolates. And it's not just about having those, you know, those wonderful, awkward family gatherings uh, as a part of the Easter thing. Are you aware that the Easter celebration is a celebration of the solution of humanity? It's a celebration of the answer to the problem. Easter is a celebration of all of that. Jesus came to make a new day, to reset the calendar and make an, a whole new story for humanity. Jesus came to take that frustrating, ongoing problem in your life and turn it into an amazing solution. That Jesus came to make you new. That Jesus came to take your brokenness, to take your rebellion, to take your guilt, to take your secrets that you tell no one, to take all of that stuff and turn it into something beautiful.
who are you? What story are you living? Not the story that everyone sees, manufactured and manicured for their consumption, but the story that maybe no one sees, where the hero doesn't win. Because there is no hero, there's only you, and there's only me, and let's be honest, you know how we are. Wounded, selfish, materialistic, always wanting more, never satisfied with what we have, hopelessly distracted, seeking meaning in the meaningless, telling lies whenever the truth is inconvenient, trading love for lust and trust for popularity. Is this the story that you're writing, the story that you believe? We gave up the truth of God for a lie. isn't really your story at all, but a fiction holding you back from the true story that you've been missing, one that you could be living, a story written by the author of all authors and calling out like a faint sound in the distance, the first color of sunrise breaking through the night. See, I am doing a new thing. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams and the wasteland. Faith, master. 
masters every fear, and there is no temptation that you cannot overcome. Life is stamped by time. Life is stamped by time. This is 2017 because 2017 years ago, Jesus made all things new. He made a way, made it possible for all things to be new, for all of us to make a decision between B.C. and A.D., that we can stay in B.C. We can stay spinning our wheels and trying to figure it out on our own. Or we can shift to the year of our Lord, to the A.D. part, and follow Jesus. Life is stamped by time. And our uh, prayers and preparation and excitement about Easter here today is that, is that we believe, for some of you here in this room, this is your time. This is your time. Today is your time. That you have spent enough of your time in the B.C. section in the problem section, trying to figure it out on your own, just making the same mistakes over and over again. It's time. April 16, 2017. Today is the day of salvation. On your way in, hopefully you received a little blue card. And on that blue card is an opportunity for you to make an indicator to let us know if you want to commit your life to Christ or recommit your life to Christ. The band's going to lead us in one final song. And during that song, I just ask you to, to decide if you're ready to make the, the transition from B.C. to A.D., the transition from the problem to the solution. And I just ask you to be courageous about this and say, you know, this, this really is, I do believe this is, this is the truth. I do believe this is the story of humanity, to then act on it, to then act on it and fill it out and let us know and f fill out a card. And we would be absolutely honored to pray with you if you decided that today, April 16th, 2017, this is your new day. This is your time.
And if you're sitting in here and you're not sure you've ever done that, and you think, well, I'm a Christian. I've always been a Christian. I don't know when I haven't been a Christian. Or if you're not sure what it means to be a Christian, but you just think you're a Christian, maybe you could just take this day. Just take this day and say, you know what? I want to make sure that I've transitioned to the solution. And you can just say, that's your day, April 16th, 2017. Before the band plays this song, I want, to, I want to pray with you. Would you bow your heads with me? Just everyone bow your head. And, and, if, and if this is your heart's cry here today in terms of committing your life to Jesus for the first time, then I invite you to, to pray this prayer with me. Just pray, God, today is a new day. God, I recognize that, that I've been stuck in the problem. I've been stuck in the old covenant. And God, I want to embrace the solution today. I commit my life to Jesus, and I want to spend the rest of my life trying to figure out what that means. And perhaps you're here in the room, and, and you haven't been in church in a while, or, or you haven't explored your faith in a while, and today you want to recommit your life to Christ. Then I invite you to pray this prayer with me. Father, I thank you that I've tasted the solution, but I have drifted back into the problem. Father, help me today as I celebrate Easter to recommit my life to Christ so that I'm truly different because of Christ in my life. We pray these things in Jesus' name.